Hi friends, and welcome to Do The Damn Thing. I'm your host, Lauren LaRue. I'm an entrepreneur, a lifestyle coach, and a content creator for my brand, LaRue. And if you are here today, it's because you're ready to elevate your lifestyle, live more intentionally, and achieve your dreams. And you found just the right place to do so. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another fabulous episode of the Do the Damn Thing podcast. It's been a hot minute since we've had a guest, and I couldn't be more thrilled to be introducing you to this fabulous woman sitting virtually in front of me, here to help me talk about the sort of saucy topic for the podcast today. This is Jen Cortland. Jen left the tech world in pursuit of more meaningful ventures, beginning her journey in entrepreneurship with a yoga studio. She has since evolved to create a boutique branding company, Creative Collective. Jen has established herself as a coach for entrepreneurs, business owners, and influencers, providing them with the necessary tools and resources to bring their brand and story to life. I found Jen on TikTok months back and immediately fell in love with her tenacity and bold honesty when it comes to dating and men and women. She struck me with her confidence and such ease. It was obvious that she could not only carry her own, but she knew exactly what it was she was carrying, the topic of empowerment. Which brings me to today. A while back, I thought about this podcast topic, but I didn't really feel qualified to really create a 30 to 40 minute podcast on it. So I thought about having a guest and I knew my mind went directly to Jen. So without further ado, I'm so thrilled to introduce you guys to Jen. Jen, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and how you got into this topic? Yeah, absolutely. Well, that was a great summary for sure. Um, so I, you know, I, I own Creative Collective and it originally began uh, as just a straight up branding company. Um, I launched it in 2020 uh, and towards the end of 2020, I was very much like kind of going through my own resurgence. I, resurgence, I think 2020 brought that around uh, for or brought that up for a lot of people. Um, and yeah, I deleted all of my social media at the end of 2020. And, um, in the beginning of 2021, I was like, you know what, I think I'm going to use my own personal social media as a case study for how to grow your social media presence across multiple channels in an authentic way. Um, and that's when I joined TikTok and started, uh, posting videos. And I actually, that was like my first video was in like April of 2021. Um, and it's been a pretty wild ride. So I, you know, when I joined TikTok, I really had no idea what it was. I mean, in my mind at that point, it was mostly just like dancing and funny videos. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) But I really found out quickly that it was so much more and there were really great conversations happening there. Um, And I uh, just kind of started, you know, I did what Gary Vee says, like, just talk about what you know talking about relationships. Um, and the audience really led the conversation in a very unexpected way, um, into more masculine and feminine energy conversations. Um, and that has kind of evolved. It's something bigger than me and it's been a really cool journey to be a part of. Yeah. That's amazing. I love it. That's so funny that you say that because I feel like everyone remembers TikTok as this like more fun, younger social media forum where you kind of just go to like copy dance videos. And, or I don't know if you remember when it was called like Musical.ly. 
Yes. So TikTok used to be called, I think it's Musical.ly. And it was, really? an, yeah. And it was an app where you just like lip sync over someone's voice. That's so, you know, I have no idea. Yeah. It was so weird. And then I remember like scrolling through maybe Instagram or, you know, how you get ads on Snapchat. Yeah. And I saw this ad for this really cute guy lip syncing over this like music. So I was like, okay, let me go download right? this. And I never did anything with it. <laughs> and then it became TikTok and it became just such an amazing forum and often like easy environment for people to go to and speak their mind about important topics like this. And I remember coming across you one day and there was, it was the first video I'd ever seen of you. And I remember you started talking and within 10 seconds, my jaw was just on the floor. I was like, this woman knows how to carry herself. She knows what she's talking about. I love it. I love it. Thank you for that. Yeah. I, I definitely have had such, I mean, honestly, I always say this and it sounds crazy to people who aren't on TikTok, but, um, you know, TikTok was like the best thing to happen to me in 2021. Well, I mean, outside of meeting my boyfriend, but <laughs> it really was like That's such wonderful. a really great experience for me personally and professionally. And, um, you know, it's, it's this really great space where, you know, you get immediate feedback from your audience. Mm -hmm. And so it really helps you sharpen very quickly. Um, mm -hmm. and really it, it's challenging you to constantly like understand material, the material better, the concepts better, the energy better, uh, to a greater degree. And, um, yeah, it's been pretty incredible. I've met incredible people like yourself from that app. And so, yeah, this is not a sponsored post. <laughs> yeah. I love yeah. it though. No, and you're you're so right. And I think that kind of gearing us towards the topic for this podcast, I think you're very much correct in the sense that if you're if you're going to put content out on TikTok and it's like I said, sort of a, a very important subject like this or anything else, as you just said, you know, people are going to challenge that, and it, it challenges you to understand more of whatever you're talking about. And I, I think that's why I was so drawn to you. I love it. Yeah. All right. So before we really dive in, I think to the juicy details, I would love for you to explain to the followers or explain to the listeners, I say followers all the time, <laughs> what it means to be divine and how that applies to masculine and feminine energies. Mm, that is a very big question. <laughs> um, I wanted to start yeah, as big right? as I could get. Like, start with a wide net and we'll reel it in. Um, so, I mean, we are divine. The experience of the body, uh, creates a veil. So it creates, um, limitations because it's specifically operating in the 3D. So the three dimensions, you know, and then as we kind of like begin to understand and which is what I call it, ex we, we watch our consciousness expand, um, we are able to tap into higher dimensions. So, you know, time would be the next one and then so forth. It would be the understanding that all are connected and that we are connected to all. Um, and then, you know, it kind of goes into uh, limitless dimensions and like super string theory. But um, the, I think, you know, the the idea of like what is divine I mean we are already it um it's more about bringing the awareness to the divinity um and kind of being able to see past the three-dimensional uh experience that is so dense and can be so real at times um but understanding that that is not the true reality oh wow that's very interesting yeah definitely uh, definitely like a kind of a, a, a mind fuck if you, if you think yeah. about it too much. Um, I mean, you know, I think that, you know, this is a, a collective 
reality that we all build together. We individually have our own matrix reality that um, causes us to have perceptions and limiting beliefs, etc. Um, and, you know, I think that uh, it's really, I mean, the human experience is so interesting, the, the divine experience of being human. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's uh, so multifaceted and, um, you know, it's not just kind of like this insular experience, though it can feel like that when we're uh, really entrenched in the 3D reality that we're kind of isolated and alone. But when we kind of begin to expand consciousness and understand that we are all connected, um, it becomes a really fun game. Yeah. That's such a beautiful way to describe it. It's so when you really, I think, begin to understand what all of, you know, this sort of topic means, really lending to spirituality and manifesting and, you know, understanding yourself, I think that based on kind of what I've understood, especially learning from a lot of your content, is that just like you said, all of us are divine because we're living in the human experience and we have a human form. But do you think that, you know, given that everyone in the society is different, we all have our different personas and personalities and bodies and et cetera. So do you think that the type of divinity that we're talking about here, so tapping into these like sort of multi-universes, do you think that that comes from understanding more of what it means to be spiritual and manifesting and like sort of harnessing that power to tap into that side of yourself? So are you asking like through kind of like, do you actually reframe the question for me just so I answer it more clearly? Yeah, absolutely. So what I, I think what I'm trying to ask is like, you know, there are people that are to very to put it very easily, good people and bad people in this world. And then there's people on, I think, sort of the good side that explore all different realms of what it means to, you know, live. So do you think it takes a certain type of person to understand how to tap into this sort of divine energy? It doesn't, I don't believe it takes a certain type of person um, to tap into it. I believe that we all have that ability um, because we are all already divine. Um, you know, I think that the experience of being able to tap into it, it it's m- more about, are you experiencing it intentionally or unintentionally? And are you aware of what you're experiencing or are you not aware of it? Um, because the, the more like spiritual component of it, um, the intentional spirituality, um, there, when we're intentional about our spiritual journey, um, spiritual journey, it's like just understanding that we don't solely exist in the 3D, um, that creates a life that is full of beauty in a very different way. Um, but the experience of maybe being asleep or not conscious to the higher dimensions of the self, um, that doesn't mean that you don't experience what the other person you know, person A who is intentional about their spiritual journey, uh, it doesn't mean that you are not experiencing what they're experiencing, but your perception of it is going to be completely different and you will likely, you know, have different um, excuses or, you know, write it off in different ways that it's not really what it is. You couldn't have put it more perfectly. So just to, if anyone's new here or just kind of introducing yourself to this podcast, Jen put it perfectly. The intentional mindset is exactly what we gear everything on this podcast towards. So thank you for using that yeah. word because that was just so serendipitous. I love and perfect. it. <laughs> 
that was that was amazing. That was an amazing introduction. And I think that even myself, I'm definitely understanding just in this few minutes what what it means more to kind of tap into that divine. So I think before we get back into the divineness of this conversation, <laughs> um, I want to, because even I myself, I think, don't understand this fully. I would love for you to talk more and expand more on what it means to be feminine and masculine and what those energies mm, mean. Yeah. Um, so, you know, when we, so having this com- conversation can be very triggering for people. Um, and so, you know, the way that I kind of approach it is more by creating a l- little bit more neutrality around my languaging. Although, even though I do use the terms masculine and feminine, that is, um, immediately non-neutral for people, uh, which I totally understand. But I think the, um, the, kind of foundation starting point is understanding that we all have both masculine and feminine in us. Um, I've recently kind of uh, broken down what I believe to be the physical representation or embodiment of where masculine and feminine energy lives within the body of the human and how uh, when we say, oh, that's like a really masculine uh, man, or that's a really masculine woman, or that's a really feminine man, or that's a really feminine woman, where actually the predominant energy in the body of the individual is living and being expressed. Um, and so I kind of put it into lower trine, upper trine, mm-hmm. um, and then the heart space. And so, you know, I think that feminine energy, in my experience, has a lot to do with um, the upper trine. It's very much uh, in the head. It's the voice, the, you know, it's the throat chakra. It's the uh, connection to divinity. It is all about understanding community and wanting to uh, experience connection through all of these points. Um, so, you know, it's not that one or one or the other is good or bad, by the way. Masculine energy, when we observe masculine energy individuals, we're going to see that that is a very grounded energy. This is why, you know, when we're dating, we say, oh, he just felt like so grounded to me and safe. Like that's, we're talking about like mm. a lower energy that um, they're physically like more embodied in the 3D. And so we will see them uh, creating structure within the 3D experience. So um, everything to do with kind of like the physical needs and kind of like the the point A to point B, like s- simplicity of, mm-hmm. of the 3D, that's kind of like they're going to be the masculine's angle. Um, so, you know, that's kind of my observation of where the energy lives within masculine and feminine energy individuals. Additionally, either anything becomes toxic when it's out of balance. So mm-hmm. even if you're, you know, feminine energy woman, you know, we see a lot of imbalances in that when they're not able to drop the energy down and have a fluid uh, connection between the upper and lower trine uh, via the channel of the heart space. Um, and same with masculine, we see that become toxic masculinity when they don't have access to their heart space and are, are able to allow the energy to ascend and descend smoothly. Huh, that is so interesting. I I was watching those TikToks yesterday and reels on the trines and the way you kind of separate them through the chakras. And I thought that was incredibly interesting because I know that sort of throughout my spiritual journey, I've learned so much more about those parts of our body and kind of what they dictate, how we do and how we live and like how we feel. Can you expand more? I think this is a really interesting part of the conversation, how the heart space creates that sort of connection rather than dissonance. Because I think that when you think about, especially a masculine energy, you know, they don't often, 
I guess, think from the heart is what I would say. And more from their head versus what you just said, which is, you know, the feminine energy kind of lives more up and the masculine energy lives more rooted down. That's really interesting. So the heart is like, you can't think from the heart because you can only feel from it, right? It's Mm -hmm. only there to experience feeling. So um, that can be scary for masculine or feminine, right? Like feminine can become imbalanced when they're so comfortable in the mind they don't feel safe in the body. Maybe there's been trauma, um, sexual mm. abuse, etc. Um, they have learned that the energy needs to remain up in the upper trine. Um, and so because of the trauma, the heart space is closed. Additionally, masculine has learned that, oh, you know, perhaps there's been, oh, when I become vulnerable, it's used against me. So it's not safe mm. for me to connect with people in my upper trine to have deeper conversations, to connect with the community. Um, the heart space is blocked and the energy remains low. Um, and so, you know, I think that when uh, we talk about how do we open the heart space, so this is, if we have, let's say, a masculine energy male and a feminine energy woman, um, the only way that they can connect is through the heart space. They both have to have mm. access to the heart space in order to connect and then understand one another. Um, and so when either heart space is blocked, um, it becomes pretty much impossible to communicate and understand one another. Um, so healing the heart block is a huge part of the work that I do with my clients. Um, we discuss, uh, modalities and different methodology for doing this within the feminine energy collective. Um, you know, I kind of preface it with my clients and saying that it really just depends on where your energy is. And I do intakes with my clients and pretty much know within the first five or 10 minutes kind of where their energy's at um, and what we, where we need to begin uh, the process of healing from. Uh, the experience of um, having a heart block can be very, it can feel very floofy. It's like you can't really comprehend it because mm-hmm. the heart is blocked that mm-hmm. um, the activities or exercises or healing modalities to unblock the heart it can feel like there's actually like it's quote unquote not doing anything or it doesn't feel like anything um Hmm. and that is a you know a rather common occurrence and you know a reiterating point that you do have a heart block um i personally you know have had a heart block and having to work through that has been um a very long journey um Mm -hmm. and i think that you know, for, for people that are kind of like, okay, well, how do I, how do I unheal my heart block? Or like, you know, within the feminine energy collective, I created this feminine energy diagram. Um, mm-hmm. and it kind of goes through all the like four main comp- uh, compartments of feminine energy experience. Um, and everybody's like, how do I get to the healthy light? But the heart space, the main thing about it is allowing and accepting. So the heart is the chakra of the fourth dimension. It's time. So understanding that time isn't how we as humans have be, uh, have learned to perceive it or have uh, tried to quantify it through the measurement of time uh, in the 3D. It's outside of our comprehension. Um, but the way to tap into that is to be in the present moment, to just be now. So the heart space is all about allowing what is to be and anything mm-hmm. that comes up from that allowance any grief any joy um any sorrow etc 
allowing that to be felt and allowing that to be expressed, emoted, um, that's where healing will begin. Wow. <laughs> that's a lot to think about. That's wonderful. I think, I don't even know what to say. <laughs> it can be a lot. And I think, you know, the, the main thing that I tell people is like, really don't worry too much about understanding it in your mind um, because the majority of the understanding will happen in the heart. It's not that it's like mm -hmm. this intellectual thing that you need to understand. And a lot of times when we see uh, feminine energy who like imbalanced feminine energy where they're like very intellectualized, everything is safe in the upper trine. Um, mm -hmm. they, they kind of like want to have like the, okay, give me the ABC steps mm -hmm. of, of healing. I'll do everything. I'll be a good girl and I'll do all mm -hmm. of my homework. <laughs> um, and you know, we kind of have to deprogram that. It's it's not about being performing or being good or being bad. Um, it's just about the being. Yeah. I think I definitely resonate with that note on, you know, I think that when we go through, specifically if your heart space is blocked from a trauma, you know, I think that until we're very much so willing to acknowledge that that's what's happening and whatever it is we've gone through, I think it's definitely what I'm understanding from this is that, you know, especially as a woman, I would try to use sort of my brain and my, my knowledge and my ability to sort of justify not healing those things because that means sort of surrendering, getting really vulnerable, things like that. Is that really often what you deal with with a lot of clients? Um, I definitely encounter that a lot. Uh, you know, I think that that is, it's such a common experience for men and women, you know, mm -hmm. whether you're masculine or feminine, uh, it, it's a scary thing to be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Um, we, you know, through our 3d experience in childhood, um, with our family, you know, specifically with first loves, um, there's a lot of trauma that comes along and then the, um, the, the programming is set in, you know, like, okay, I can't be vulnerable. It will only, you know, yield X, Y, Z results. Um, and so healing is just deprogramming all of that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like, Absolutely. how do yeah. I unlearn everything that I've yep. learned? Um, and it can feel overwhelming. And so, mm -hmm. you know, I think that uh, this is why we see the feminine kind of like intellectualizing a lot or the masculine like avoiding a lot and run physically like leaving a situation um and you know i think that you know the more we can understand and have empathy for one another because we're all so similar uh, mm -hmm. the more we're able to uh experience collective vulnerability wow that's so beautiful and i think that that you know I, I wish this was something a lot more people knew about. I think the younger generations are working towards kind of understanding this. We understand that the world can be a very scary place. And I think that more and more people are understanding the importance of even attempting to be vulnerable and putting yourself out there and, and healing because especially given the last two years, you know, we, we have a collective healing to go through, let alone all of our personal trauma healing. So I think that this conversation is just so important to understanding how to, whether it's working with a coach like you or attempting to do it on your own, just this healing work is so incredibly important. Yeah. Yeah, wow. absolutely. Yeah. The, Wonderful. you know, we, we can control what we can't control. Mm -hmm. 
like that that's life and so all that we have is uh the option of owning our own shit and deciding mm-hmm. if we will or if we won't and what life looks like outside of that wonderful so i think that that's a good bridge to the next conversation i or next topic i'd love to dive into so i think that this is where it could get saucy I've listened to so many of your videos and I think that when you talk about in general, anyone, the generalized you, you use the words feminine and masculine energy. A lot of people associate that with toxic masculinity and kind of that conversation. And I loved how you created that video about this dynamic that if female energy exists, male energy exists, and if healthy energies exist on both sides, that also means that there has to be a toxic energy to understand that there's a healthy energy. So I would love for you to talk about sort of what toxic masculinity and toxic femininity look like and sort of how to maybe recognize that or how it appears in, you know, like you said, the three-dimensional world that we see it in. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so toxic masculinity is going to be about, um, so first let's start with what healthy masculinity mm-hmm. is. Healthy masculinity is, uh, a grounded nature in a 3D, a need or a desire to provide uh, secure provision within the 3D. Um, so healthy masculinity is going to be lower trying uh, dominance in the energy with an open heart space. So they're able to connect with the feminine and understand and not uh, feel uh, threatened by or jealous of the feminine in their life. Uh, healthy feminine is going to be um, uh, open communications, uh, connection with spirits, uh, creativity, um, everything to do with uh, tapping into the connectedness of existence. Um, healthy feminine also has an open heart space. So being able to then connect with the masculine and uh, remind the masculine of their divinity. When these become toxic, and both can become toxic. And it, it's not like a, an experience of like, oh, that's a toxic masculine guy. It's that this kind of energetic ebb and flow can literally happen moment by moment. Like we can be toxic in one moment and not in the next. Toxicity just means that something is out of balance. So when we look to ourselves and bring the work inward, we're able to be like, okay, I'm feeling like today I'm not really like, um, doing what I need to do. I'm feeling out of balance. I'm not feeling in alignment. I'm kind of operating from a place of fear today. Um, you know, I have this old story in my mind, uh, it, that creates an imbalance. And so what happens when we feel imbalanced is, so what happens when we're like in an imbalanced state, we're in a fear state typically, uh, meaning that the heart only knows love or fear. You can think of it as like a light switch. Okay. Love. Okay, cool. Everything's flowing. I'm feeling love, abundance, joy, creativity, and then off, fear. Ooh, old story, like, ooh, what he just did uh, made me feel triggered. Uh, Maybe he doesn't love me, like, all of these different things, right? So it's just, the heart is, it's always toggling, right? So we have to learn how to create little tool belts for ourselves where we can, like, pull something out and be like, okay, this is, like, uh, this is what I'm experiencing. I need to um, sit and breathe for a moment cold glass of water, splash some water on my face. I need to uh, basically bring my nervous system back 
down into alignment and um, allow the energy to just kind of re return to balance. Um, so when we talk about, you know, that light switch, so the, when the light switch is on, it's openness, it's uh, love energy, um, energy uh, between the chakras is moving smoothly. Um, additionally, your ability to connect with others, uh, specifically if you're the feminine, the masculine, the masculine, the feminine, um, that's all moving with ease. Uh, when the light switch is off, that's when the heart is in fear. For the masculine, the energy will likely be pushed down. Uh, and when that remains for a long enough period of time, uh, the masculine will shift from a desire to provide within the 3D mm -hmm. to a desire to dominate within the 3D. Mm. When you see the really ugly side of masculine, where they are, there's SA, there's rape, mm -hmm. there's um, patriarchy, there's um, you know physical violence against women. Um, that's when you see that like extreme end of that, mm -hmm. but this is all a spectrum. So it exists, you know, it's very fluid. Right. Um, and mm -hmm. then with the feminine, you'll see, um, manipulation. Uh, so the mm -hmm. feminine will, instead of being the, so the communal source of, uh, creativity, abundance, uh, connection with spirit, um, they will shift to, uh, desiring control via manipulation. So both because the heart is not closed or because the heart is not open, it's operating from a place of fear. Fear mm -hmm. makes people seek out control. So the masculine will seek it in a very physical way and the feminine mm -hmm. will seek it in a very intellectualized way in, in the mind. Um, so that will be more about uh, manipulation, masculine will be more about physical dominance. The, and it's really interesting, we, you know, I just did a video about kind of like how this looks and it's not about mm -hmm. gender at all um the experience this is like very uh relevant conversation about like you know men with podcasts mm -hmm. <laughs> these podcasting guys um <laughs> that are spewing like this very toxic um mm -hmm. bullshit um yep they are not in their toxic masculinity, they're in their toxic femininity. Men that are in this kind of state of gaslighting, uh, manipulating, twisting reality with uh, their mind and words, um, they're actually operating in their toxic feminine energy. Wow. Yeah. That is entirely too interesting. Yeah. <laughs> that is fascinating. I, I, I'll be honest, I felt like I was well prepared for this podcast and I just like watched a ton of your videos and went back at all the ones I liked, but I was really not expecting you to say that. That's really, that's really fascinating. It is. It's very interesting. And, you know, I think that because we observe, oh, this is a man speaking and he's spewing a bunch of bullshit. This is toxic masculinity. Um, he, we, that's where like, we really as a culture need to do better about understanding energy within an individual yeah, where that energy is. Absolutely. Um, because typically what you see with these podcast guys is that, um, they were not popular. They maybe didn't have like the normative, uh, masculinity. They didn't meet the normative masculinity standards in height or stature. Um, maybe they didn't have like any kind of, uh, um, guidance for how to become masculine, the embodied 
portion of healthy masculine. Um, and a lot of times they were typically like on the fringes uh, in their younger years. And so they learned that it's not safe to be in the physical body. Um, so their energy went up. Just like with the feminine who experienced trauma uh, or a feminine energy woman who experienced trauma, she learned that it's not safe to be in the body. So the energy went up. And so this is kind of now you see the evolution of that journey for a feminine energy man where they have like, uh, they want to be toxic masculine, but they're actually doing it all in a toxic through the, through the vehicle of toxic femininity. Wow. That's just absolutely fascinating. I would love to jump back to the point where you talked about earlier that it can really ebb and flow on a day-to-day basis. I think that that's incredibly interesting. So what I kind of gathered from that is, do you think it's required to have a higher level of self-awareness to understand? Because I feel like a lot of people that wake up on the wrong side of the bed or, you know, wake up and are in a bad mood or a ton of things go wrong in the morning and automatically like it's a bad day or whatever. Do you think it requires a certain amount of self-awareness to kind of face that metaphorical mirror in front of you and say, Hey, I'm not, I'm not embodying love today. Like I'm not, the sort of scale is not in the middle. It's ebbing one way or the other to address the deeper rooted potential issue or problem that's going on to understand, you know, that way I can make tomorrow different. Does that make sense? Like you're asking, uh, does it require more self-awareness? Yeah, because I feel like so many people aren't either willing to be in touch or don't know how to get in touch with that awareness, you know, that self-awareness. Yeah. Um, So consciousness expands whether we want it to or not. That's like something that we just all need to remember and we can really chill about because like we yeah. learn no matter what whether we're trying to move through life intentionally or unintentionally um mm-hmm. so that is a great thing about life um the experience of life uh so when we kind of talk about like do we want to experience more positive experiences in life or more negative experience in life if we decide we want more positive experiences that's when the uh intentionality or the consciousness the uh, intentional consciousness is required of us um so you know i think that when you are starting the healing journey and this is you know something that a lot of my clients go through it's something that i went through um and like we will go through again because life is like this ever peeling onion that just makes you cry again and again. (laughs) (laughs) That's very true. Um, You know, I think that a lot of kind of a a recurring theme with my current clients right now is like, oh, you know, like I, I'm I'm like so ready to grow. And like, I just keep finding myself in the same pattern, the same pattern, the same pattern. And, you know, I am so, uh, my main thing with my clients is the, reason that you are experiencing this tension, this discomfort is because your consciousness has expanded. You have now been able to observe this pattern that previously you were not even able to observe. So this is a positive thing, though it may feel like sticky, like you're stuck right now. Like I want to move forward. I feel like internally I have all this momentum to heal, but I just keep regress. It feels feels like regression. Um, but it's actually this idea that um, the, the reality is actually like you're just in the same pattern, but instead of being asleep in that pattern, you're awake in that pattern. And, you know, with my clients, what 
I typically do is like, okay, now we're aware of the pattern. We're going to stay in the pattern. I want you to just maintain that pattern. But now with consciousness, I want you to observe how does it feel? How do I feel while doing this? How does it feel to engage with these people or players that are um, key in this patterning? Um, I want you to not change anything and I want you to just observe. And from there, you can decide, okay, does this feel good? Actually, I don't even like how it feels. So so then we can change through a very easy decision of it does it feel good or does it not feel good? It's super simple versus shaming the self, which will never create positive, sustainable change. Wow. That's very interesting. Keeping someone in a pattern like that, I think that's a, a, a really... I don't have another word. Interesting <laughs> approach. <laughs> I'm trying yeah. to think. Yeah. That's, that, can, you, can you explain that a bit more? Because I'm wondering, I, I guess sort of selfishly, you know, I know that this is, this is for my listeners, but I'm wondering how I might be able to see that in my own life. Like what, what sort of uncomfortable patterns appear that I haven't maybe addressed yet and where I can do that by staying in the pattern. That's really an interesting approach. Yeah, absolutely. So what we want to remember is that um, shame is one of the lowest vibrations. So if mm-hmm. we're feeling shame for a current reality that we're experiencing, we won't be able to shift. There will not be mm-hmm. shifting that takes place. It might happen in a chaos loop. We might shift momentarily and make all this pro- progress, um, quote unquote, and then uh, slingshot back. But to a great degree, because shame is the anchor in that chaos loop. Um, So what we want to do is remove the shame so that we can actually move forward with intentionality and um, a positive reference of the self and and an honoring of the previous pattern and experiences and lessons and consciousness expansion that that brought. Um, So, you know, I I need to find this study, this, um, I, I read about it, like, a couple of years ago, um, it was the study about how people quit smoking. Um, mm-hmm. And they found that um, for some people, it, uh, they basically did like a, a fraction, like, okay, let's try cold turkey, let's try this method, uh, sheer willpower or um, shame or whatever. Um, and then the mm-hmm. other group was, uh, we're going to keep you smoking the same, but we're just going to have you um, become really conscious to how it feels when you smoke. And so when you, for that portion of the group, they were like, when you go outside and it's cold, how does that feel? Um, When you're taking the cigarette out and you smell it, how does that smell? When you light the cigarette, when you inhale, put it to your lips, um, bring it down into your lungs, exhale, like really paying attention to all of the details of smoking. What they found is that people were just like, I actually don't like how it feels. And they just started quitting. Um, And so this is like so key for change like the metaphor Mm. here is like yeah absolutely um when we can understand that like shame will never create goodness in our life you Mm -hmm. know um and our ability to actually just observe a pattern that we're wanting to quit and see how it feels in the body um is going to be the most beneficial experience. So whether it's texting a guy back, that's a total fuckboy, whether it's overeating, whether it is overexercising, whether, whether it's like whatever the case may be, um, if we're actually able to just like tap into how am I feeling right now? 
Mm -hmm. Does it feel good? Does it not feel good? That is the, that's the key. Life is so simple. Mm -hmm. I was just going to say, that's such a simple way to just like address things. Does this feel good or does this not feel good? Like it doesn't have to be this major existential question that you contemplate for a week. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. And, you know, I think that uh, uh, when we kind of begin the healing journey and um, we have like all this excitement, we're like, I need to say, change everything Mm -hmm. and like cut off this relationship and I need to cut these people out. Um, you, you can see that happen a lot in people who are new to the healing journey or in a new kind of like, um, evolution of that same healing journey. Um, and that is kind of like, we want to avoid that extreme. So like what's kind of happening is like, um, I call it the pendulum swing of energy. So like you, you've kind of operated in this, like, uh, maybe low vibe energy state, um, maybe like toxic portion of the self and you like had an epiphany and energy is swinging back to like a very regimented um detail oriented like boundary uh very like boundary setting uh energetic state um but what we want to do is understand that neither are positive to the exploration of the human journey so we Mm. want to kind of bring all of that and allow it to just settle so when you know i'm very big with my clients on like right we're not doing any drastic changes Mm -hmm. we're just bringing all the energy inward how do I feel do I like this does it feel good one of the conversations or one of the exercises that I do with my clients and I've talked about this on um TikTok before um but it's the post-it note exercise so when we're kind of beginning the journey of healing our heart space um you know I remember when I first started it and I was like oh my gosh like my mentor was like, we need to, um, get you to like raise your vibration, which I had no idea what that was at the yeah. time. <laughs> um, and I was like, what's a vibration? And then she's like, uh, we like, I, we're going to get you to a point where you like know what you're feeling when you, when you feel mm-hmm. it. And I was like, that sounds insane. Like hyper self-awareness. I, that it felt yeah. so overwhelming. Like how would I know how I'm feeling when I'm feeling it? And then on top of that, be able to express it yeah. out loud. <laughs> I was like, this is like, what? Like that just seemed completely in out of the realm yeah. of possibility, right? Um, and so she had me do this exercise um, and it's taking a stack of stick post-it notes and writing, how am I feeling right now? How am I feeling right now? All over them and putting them all over your house, apartment, room, mm-hmm. whatever the case may be. Sticking them everywhere, especially in places where you engage in escapist or um, unconscious behavior. So, like, on your computer, on your TV, on your remote, on your phone, on the fridge, on the cupboard with the snacks, um, on the wine. Like, all of those places. And then just beginning to ask yourself, how do I feel right now? And at first, it's likely going to feel like nothing. I don't really feel anything. Or I don't, I don't know what I feel. What do I feel? And it's a very, it's Mm -hmm. a very awakening exercise, especially when you're really Mm -hmm. in the trenches of a heart block. Um, And what you learn, and I say, like, do it for at least a month. Um, And then the next step would be observing, okay, where, where do I feel it? What am I feeling? Where do I feel it in my body? And then applying that as we move externally. So, okay, now I'm out with this friend. 
Do mm -hmm. I actually like this person? <laughs> mm -hmm. Do I like this guy I've been seeing? Does it feel good to be around them? Like, how do I feel right now? And so much of our life is um, spent in these kind of like busy relationship dynamics. Um, they're there because they're there. They're not there because they serve to ignite, inspire, um, and, uh, you know, really grow us in any true capacity. Um, they're just kind of fillers. And so bringing this conversation, awareness of the conversation to the self, um, expanding it within the self first and then bringing it externally, um, that is going to be, uh, those three steps are going to be really beautiful in any person's like, uh, unblocking of the heart space. Wow. That's just wonderful. What an incredible exercise. And again, so simple, but just as you said, you know, if you do it for long enough, you'll see the, again, I'm using the word self-awareness. You'll see how much that'll develop. And I think a lot of people have an issue with knowing that some they're feeling something, but it's uncomfortable and they don't know what to call that uncomfortability. So they just kind of ignore it, you know, like, okay, just like you said, using a friendship or relationship example, you know, maybe out to dinner and you're just kind of feeling like not fully present or like you're not having fun or whatever. And you know that that's happening, but you don't know why, or you don't know what it means and you don't know how to identify it. So you just kind of shove it to the back and think, okay, well, it'll just go away, but it's not, it's not going to go away. And for you to make it go away, I think that this level of, I think the dynamic of, you know, healing at the same time of growing your self-awareness being that all together, you're, you know, growing your relationship with yourself is just wildly, wildly important. The, the experience of confusion is a very uh, interesting one. And I kind of want to, mm -hmm. I want to make sure that we hit this. So yeah, um, the, when we start to, let's say you're doing that post-it note exercise, let's say you're beginning this uh, journey of unblocking the heart space what will likely take place is that it's not confusion. It's more an absence, like a floaty nothingness. Um, and your mind's going to say, oh, I'm confused. But your heart is just kind of like, Poof, like it's not really feeling anything. So mm -hmm. we want to understand like how we're feeling and ver versus like, why am I feeling what I'm feeling? Why am I not feeling something? Like, what's going on? What's wrong with me? The stories that we attach to it. Mm -hmm. um, but also, like, in, in relationship with other people, confusion happens when we don't accept reality. We're in reality. This is what's happening. This is a dynamic, but we're not accepting it. So we shift it. And we. this is why confusion happens so often for the feminine because we're already in the upper trine and then the imbalance comes when we overwork the upper trine mm -hmm. and we're not in the heart space of accepting what is the reality of what is recruit bumping all the energy up confusion sets in because we're not able to truly acknowledge what a reality of a situation is um, and we're manipulating ourselves wow that's very interesting i really like that idea too that it's it's not as much confusion because Something that similarly I do this with my clients is when I am attempting to help them make a breakthrough and identifying, you know, what the actual issue is more than what they just kind of surface level think it is, is I really attempt to get them to draw out the emotions and then identify them with a shape and a color. 
And I think that, you know, creating that visualization with that exercise helps you recognize where that uncomfortable emotion might be appearing in other places in your life. And then I think, you know, that kind of gets you to the point where you're saying, okay, maybe I need to make changes for this. And I think that that's another really great level of self-awareness to have because, again, you're empowering yourself with so much more ability to harness your own energy and raise that vibration versus just kind of, like you said, feeling blank or confused about what's going on, you know, and again, that question, I think we ask ourselves so often of what's wrong with me, what, like what's going on? Why, why doesn't this feel good? Or why doesn't this feel healthy or whatever? And kind of basing that on, again, this confusion and wondering like what's going on and changing that, you know, with these really simple exercises, I think it's just, it's wonderful and so powerful. Yeah. I mean, you know, change happens slowly until it happens all at once you know yeah. like it, <laughs> I said that too yeah. it's just like hoof, yeah, right, totally. right into it and you know I think that people really underestimate what can happen when you just do something small mm-hmm. and it's the same reason why you know we see yo-yo dieting with like extreme diets because it's like actually if you were to just do a small thing every day you would see much more sustainable long-term results. And that's just one example, but you see people engaging in this kind of like chaos loop experience in their life in relationships where it's like, oh, you know, I banged five people last week and now I'm not going to touch a guy for the next two years, right? Mm -hmm. But like the reason you're banging five guys in a week is because you have this extreme yo-yo experience and you actually Mm -hmm. have to reel in the chaos loop. So we're, it's not about, diminishing our toxicity we we can Mm -hmm. never rid ourselves of our toxic nature as humans we can only become conscious to it so instead of being in it where we were not conscious to it and we're just in this chaos chaos toxic toxic nature Mm -hmm. uh through our consciousness expanding we're able to look back and be like oh hey here's my toxic here's my toxicity Mm -hmm. (laughs) oh she's bubbling up again yeah She just needs a little attention. (laughs) And we're able to decide from our consciousness, do I want to do this pattern again? Do I like the results of the pattern? Mm -hmm. Do those pattern do the results of that pattern feel good? Mm -hmm. Yes or no? Okay, cool. Then I can choose something else. Love it. I absolutely love it. And you guys, if you didn't notice, she talked about implementing habits at a small, short, easy pace, not all at once. Making those drastic changes, I'm just going to insert this in here really quick, is not helpful. You guys, if you want to insert habits, you know we've talked about this a million times. Start small, gradually or grow, and this is not a new idea. If you guys haven't read Atomic Habits, make sure you go read it. So Jen, I have one last question for you. And I think this is going to be a really wonderful way to round this out. Um, One of the reels you posted recently is about from the masculine and feminine ability to manifest is about traveling through these dimensions, which you kind of touched on at the beginning. I would love for you to just, because I just did a podcast recently on sort of my first kind of venture into that topic being um, quantum leaping. So I would love for you to talk a little bit about what it means to kind of understand those dimensions and how you can shift between them. Yeah. So, you know, the conversation of uh, infinite dimensions, Mm -hmm. string theory, I, I mean, I I can have that conversation at length, but I've really found that it doesn't serve people that much. 
Um, and I really want people to understand that you don't need to understand uh, quantum physics or mm-hmm. you know, interdimensionality or quantum leaping or um, any any of that. You actually don't need to understand any of it. Mm-hmm. Um, manifesting is simply about, yes, it's about being in alignment, right? Mm-hmm. But like things happen easier when we're in alignment and they are clunky when we're not, right? Mm-hmm. It's very simple. Um, but the the greatest way to hack manifestation is just to do the things that make you feel good. Does it feel good? Does it not feel good? Super simple. When you start following all of the things that make you feel good, make you feel alive, make you feel magical, make you feel vibrant, make you feel sexy, make you feel passionate, when you start doing those things and prioritizing how you feel, mm-hmm. you know, to for the good of all to the harm of none, when you start prioritizing how you feel every single day in every single moment, everything will fall into alignment. That's beautiful. It is perfect. So simple. So yes. Like, instead of reading all these books on manifestation, literally just do what makes you feel good. Yes. And I, yeah, I could, I definitely can't say it better myself. That's, I think something that is kind of the roundabout point of this entire podcast is, you know, I love delving into these conversations at such length and, helping people to understand their power and, you know, how to live really your best life. Like I know that it's kind of become this loose term and definitely like a a funny term that people can use to make fun of, but everyone wants to live their best life. You, that's truly the goal. And if you want to do that, just like Jen said, I think the perfect way to do it is just doing what feels great for you and living your best life. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's a very, it can be a very triggering conversation for people Yeah, you know, talk about manifesting and that like uh, the experience of everything that's currently in your reality is something mm-hmm. that we've manifested. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. It's a, it's a very, it can be a very uh, shitty realization, mm-hmm. um, but it is also on the flip, the most powerful thing that can ever happen to you and your experience of being human, that perspective shift, the, acceptance of radical personal responsibility okay like everything is here because i created it Mm -hmm. that also means anything else could be here wonderful wow what a beautiful way to end this podcast jen thank you so so much for coming on this was absolutely not only a wonderful and fun conversation but very enlightening so thank you so much for sharing all of your wonderful knowledge with my listeners and I would love for you to let them know where they can find you. I'll include all of your links in the show notes as well. Yeah, absolutely. So I am creative Jen across the board. So it's creative with a K K R E A T I V no E at the end dot Jen. Um, my company is creative collective and, um, website creative collective.com. Uh, but yeah, find me on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciated the conversation and thank you for allowing me to be on your podcast. Yes. Thank you so much for coming on, you guys. I am sure you're walking away from this conversation overwhelmed with a lot to think about. Jen has been wonderful and you guys know it. I What I always say, that's all I've got for you guys. And I will see all of you beautiful souls next week. <laughs>